When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello there and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and it's a special one. It's not perhaps the news we'd hoped for. Well, it's not the news we'd hoped for, is it, Lee? Um, that talks between PCP, Manus Davey and Mike Ashley seems to be dead in the water. Yesterday, a statement released from a source close to Mike Ashley saying that it'd been a complete waste of time and he'd effectively walked away. Um, was that the news you were expecting? Well, we knew things were getting a little bit strained, shall we say? I think between you know the PCP capital partners and, and Mike Ashley, I think they were they were starting to get a little bit irked by some of the stories that were in the press, saying the deal was close or there was a fresh bit on the table because nothing had changed. So I think it's a it's a very Mike Ashley type move to you know nip it in the bud there and then and either. You know, provoke a fresh bid and say, "Look, we are interested. There's the money," or you know, throw that out to other people. And yeah, it's it's not it's certainly not the news people want to read, but you know, it's completely legitimate what what was reported last night it was checked out both ends and it was stood up both ends. So there may not be an official statement, but it's absolutely one hundred percent right. Unfortunately, and Mark, I mean, it is like Lacey is not the news that we wanted. Um, but funny enough, just at, I think about twelve hours before, plenty of reports saying that indeed, you know, Steely had increased a bit to three hundred million. They were just waiting on the TV mm. uh, auction for next month, which will potentially see you know a, a deal for the TV rights going well above six billion pounds if Amazon do get involved. Um, first of all, what did you make of those reports? Second of all, how big does the TV rights play? Um, I think probably those reports played a part in. Mike Ashley's kind of strong worded statement, which was which was very um, unusual in terms of a, an owner. Um, I, I think you know, I think he'd become irked by the fact that you know Amanda Staveley's team were playing quite a PR blinder in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I mean, we checked everything out both sides, so I think you know, but, and you do have a duty sometimes to report what both sides are saying. And I think her side were always adamant that, that she was serious. They were always adamant that the negotiations were ongoing. Um, and I think Mike Ashley just got fed up with the idea that this is uh, that she was, uh, you know, that she was serious and she was 
had the money because they just felt she didn't she didn't have the money. The TV rights thing is interesting because obviously I think it will give you a clearer idea for the next three. It will give you an idea up to twenty twenty two of your TV revenue that you're going to get if you're in the Premier League. So I think that might encourage some some more uh, interested parties potentially. But at the moment, there's nobody out there seem to be willing to do the deal for, um, for, for that Mike Ashley wants. Obviously, there's going to be big questions about Mike Ashley. I completely understand that. But obviously, I think there should probably be some questions about Amanda Staveley as well, because this is the second football club she's tried to take over that it's not worked out for her. And, you know, you have to ask questions about her because she's been very um, forth. She's been very much on the front foot with a lot of this stuff. Um, but she hasn't been able to get a deal done. Mike Ashley's a very difficult person to get to get a deal done, and I would think there probably is blame on both sides for this, um, but a really messy and difficult situation, and, and probably, from my perspective, one of the most difficult stories to get to the truth of, because every time one side claims something, the other side claims almost the exact opposite, um, and there's not many neutral people willing to kind of talk to you about what's happening. So we're now in the position, I think, where we've had all the Ashley stuff and now we're getting the backlash against Staveley and probably the truth is somewhere in the middle. And obviously lots of reports say that Mike Ashley wanted at least 300 million, potentially 350, potentially 400. Yeah. Minus Staveley's people claim that she did put a bid in of 250. It was a written bid. Haven't heard back yet despite being placed in November reportedly. Uh, Two hundred fifty million pounds for Newcastle United in the Premier League. Obviously, that's not guaranteed for next season. But is that is that too less of a price? Well, I think there might have been a situation in, within that two hundred fifty million where there was sort of fifty million off, just in case something happens with HMRC, just in case the club gets relegated, uh, and you know the new information coming out or the refreshed information, if you like, coming out is that. You know, Mike Ashley's still open to offers, but no clauses. You know, no, no situations where it can be a knockdown, reduced price. It's three hundred million, whether you want to pay it in instalments or whether you want to pay it all up front. Um, that seems to be the message coming out. Uh, so, unfortunately, th- this bid from PCP seems to have fell short. But whether they come back, whether they're determined, whether they're prepared to, you know almost hit back at what Mike actually mm. said about them really because it's quite damning um, well the source says it's quite damning yeah. um, so we'll see we'll see what happens but really is it is it a good price in answer to your question 300 million for Newcastle United as a Premier League club probably the going rate if they get relegated then I think that could drop down to 50% off or even even 70% off yeah. as uh, the sports direct uh, stickers tell you when you go there and buy stuff yeah. I, I, I've, uh, sorry, I was just going to say, you know, when we talk about other interests and stuff, like it, it's, it's a really difficult one. I think the takeover situation, you know, like we're, we're, we're quite comfortable talking about talking to managers, talking about football. I think when you cut to takeovers, as soon as the club was put up for, for bids, we've been, me and Lee have both been here for quite a while, unfortunately, a little bit grey in the uh, grey in the hair. Well, I haven't got any hair, neither of us, but, um, but we, we're, we've been here before and there has been a lot of people. You know, a lot of people emerge from when these things happen um, and you'd kind of judge Staveley as being more credible. But having said that, I've had somebody that I've been dealing with in the last few days who insists that the bid's a few weeks off, another rival bid's a few weeks off. Um, 
and sort of insists it's serious. It's not a PR stunt or anything like that, but they've not got to the stage of due diligence, which is why, you know, for all that we're now hearing from the Ashley end, and I think you'll read a fair few pieces really going for Amanda Staveley. Um, you know, she gone through due, due, due diligence. The idea is that she had had a bid on the table. So that is serious to me. That looks serious to me. Now, Mike Ashley obviously doesn't think that. Um, but I, I think there could be other bids for Newcastle United, but not in the short term. And the problem is for Newcastle United, they haven't got a long time. It feels like they haven't got a long time because the season finishes in May. There's close season then to get through whichever division they're in. Potentially the manager who is the most important person in Newcastle United at the moment because he's bringing everything together, um, who was, you know, was in contact with Amanda Stavely's group, I think, or not necessarily him, but there was... You know, you know, those links seem to have been made as they had been with fan groups. So, you know, then there's the question marks over Rafa Benitez, and that's the problem in the background to all this. Effectively, this is a story about something that wasn't going to happen not happening. So it's nothing nothing's changed at Newcastle United really from that perspective. The reason it's significant is because of what it what it means in the longer term, because while we were just waiting for this to, to go one way or the other, you can you're all right, you know, it feels like okay, it was, the uncertainty was damaging but at least there's something on the horizon that may change. Now we're looking at a situation, unless Davies people come back, of nothing's going to change. So Mike Ashley has to change. I mean, the club still is up for sale, and obviously with the TV rights going up for auction next month, yeah. do you think it's a case that Mike Ashley's maybe stood up taking a bit of notice of what potentially he could pocket if Newcastle yeah. do indeed survive relegation but the point is is that he's also taken a massive gamble because to survive relegation he's going to have to put his hand in his pocket this month which it doesn't seem like it's, it's going to happen at all no it doesn't I think for me though at the, at the back at the back of the mind you always knew that Ashley was well aware that if Newcastle can get through this season still then things become easy because the TV money is available uh, and then all of a sudden you are sitting on a profit-making machine again, which is exactly what he's doing. He knew, he knew that. That's why he was holding out for the price he was. You know, you look at this January, um, two weeks left now, you know, loan signings being mooted. You know, maybe they'll just say to Rafa Benitez, you know, we've got you a couple of loan players through the door. You still have to pay fees for loan players as well and to agents. So, you know, if they get two players through the door, they'll probably say you've, you've got probably enough to stay up, especially... If they pick up another point or two um, before the window shuts. That said, the next two games are Man City away and Burnley at home on deadline night. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be tough. But I do think that there might be a little bit of money available, but not too much. And I mean, I might you've mentioned potentially another interested party. Mm. I mean, just how important is it that Newcastle United? do get a new owner do you think in the, in the near future because after more than 10 years it's it's clear that it hasn't worked like Ashley isn't prepared to to properly back Rafa Benitez I mean just to, just to keep Benitez at the club it, yeah I mean look at Ashley my, my opinion and I think quite a lot of people would say look it's not worked under Ashley so that's the reason why I think it has to it has to change we thought that he changed his approach in the first season under Rafa and it looked like even this summer that he was prepared to kind of go back to backing Rafa again. The fact is it's that's not happened. And, you know, whether he had justified reasons for not putting extra money in, that's fine. But what has happened is a breakdown of completely communication. The club is 
you know the club has been now has a complete sort of congestion at the top where um, where nothing happens. You know, there's other people in play. The power lines are all blurred. It's not a positive situation. You've got a situation, I think, that with Mike Ashley, which is, I, I think is a big problem. This takeover has brought to light how much work will need to be done by anybody coming in on not just the squad, but the training ground, the academy, the stadium. It's all tired. None of this is... No money has been put into infrastructure and improving the infrastructure at Newcastle United in the 10 years that Mike Ashley's been here. That's the problem. If Mike Ashley decides to change his approach and say, okay, Newcastle can be run a different way, fine. It, you know, it, it, that, that is okay. You know, that, that would be great with Mike Ashley. There's, he's not going to do that though. And that's the problem. You need somebody to come in and actually put some money in and, and, and take the infrastructure. He said not long ago, I would be willing to hand over the keys to somebody who's serious about taking the club forward. His opinion would be Amanda Stavely wasn't serious because she didn't come to me with a bid. She didn't have the proof of funds. We've, we don't know whether Amanda Stavely has any money because there are no publicly available records about Amanda Stavely's wealth, unlike Mike Ashley, who has, um, you know, sports direct. So he would say that. But I think it, it has to be a new owner because he's, there's too much water gone under the bridge. He has to realise now that, you know, either he drops the price or he runs the club as a custodian of the football club, a proud football club that has a lot of people um, invested in it, that Rafa Benitez has managed to reconnect to the public again. It needs an owner who's prepared to do that. It needs a management team at Newcastle United who are prepared to push it forward because we've seen this season, it's fallen so far behind in the Premier League. It looks like a big club. Um, everything about it feels like a big club, but it isn't a big club because of the things that have happened in the last 10 years. Uh, it's very true it's a very sad state of affairs isn't it um, how did the fans react Lee? obviously very disappointed last night when the, the news came out uh, I suppose we have to say just we'll always back Benitez we'll always stay united but it's, yeah. it's, it's a fine balance because of we're not expecting Mike Ashley to probably turn up against Burnley but you know other people will be there and it's it's going to be an interesting um, reaction from the fans yeah I think I mean the the, the gut reaction of the fans you know, was anger when it when it broke. That's the the Twitter culture we're we're living in now. However, people like to like to vent their anger at that that stage. Now um, we wait and see what happens um, at you know Man City. Are we going there expecting to get anything? No. Will he turn on Mike Ashley then? Hard to say. They might be chanting for change. You know, we we cannot really tee up the fans to, to say certain things because, yeah. you know, it's not it's not our place to do that. We can report what they chant, and that is always what we've done. Um, and, and we can back the the fan groups um, and offer them a platform, mm. which we've all, always done yeah. in the past, and we'll always continue to do. And now, you look at the, the next home game against Burnley. You know, could that be the night where there is a little bit of frustration that that trickles out particularly if there's no players through the door particularly if they've been thrashed off Man City knocked out the FA Cup and then failed to beat Burnley which is probably the most important game of the three yeah. because it's the most winnable one so we, we have to wait and see um, I totally understand the anger from the fans they, they, they'll feel that something was close now it's not um, but really we can only report what we're told mm. and when we check things out we can um, we can try and get answers, but ultimately it's down to one man, isn't it? It's down to Mike Ashley. 
you know, maybe it would do some good to come out and answer some questions, whether it's with the newspaper or with, with Sky again. You know, maybe he's got some things to say that. I'll this is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Logical, mm. um, rather than just, you know, behind sources, come out and, and, and do something on the record. And I'm pretty sure we'd offer him a platform to do that as well. You can always come on the podcast or Lee Charlie if he fancies <laughs> it. You know, I think, and I think the point, I think Lee makes a really good point there. And, you know, I, I love Twitter. You know, I'm a, I'm a Twitter addict um, in some ways. You know, I'm, I'm on it all the time. I get a lot of stick for that. I think the NUFC Twitter, um, a lot of really interesting and, and valid stuff there. But, you know, there's also a lot of anger there and there's a lot of... You know, I think the more the more popular social media gets, the more that you you get people using it in a way that is a vent. You know, they do vent, and I think last night you saw a lot of venting. I think probably in the next two or three days you'll probably see a slight calming down of the situation, and maybe um, different ways and means of of expressing where where they go from this point. You know, it's the fact is that if if Mike Ashley comes up with the goods and, and offers and gives Rafa Benitez three or four players. Um, which doesn't look massively likely at the moment, it has to be said. But if that happens, then that will mitigate a lot of the criticism of of Mike Ashley. You know, the, the mood on Twitter and the mood on Facebook and the mood um, from the people who are motivated to really speak out is not reflected necessarily on the terraces. And that is really important because that is the reality of the situation is that 52,000 people going to the ground every week are Newcastle United's fan base. It's not... 100 people on Twitter and that's not meant in a disrespectful way to anybody who feels frustrated because I understand that completely I felt frustrated yesterday I'm sure Lee did as well um, but you know you have to accept that are we at the point where people are talking about boycotts and things like that we're not we're not there as long as Rafa Benitez is in position I don't think that's going to come back um, and that's why Rafa, that's why for Mike Ashley which I which is my biggest frustration with Mike Ashley why he doesn't realise that Rafa Benitez is keeping everything together just back him, give him the, give him what he needs to do. Open the lines of communication again. Get to a point where Mike Ashley and Rafa Benitez have a good relationship and a trust and, and a trust built back, um, and the club can 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 you know move forward. It, that's the simple fact of the matter at the moment. And you know, talk about protests and things. Well, I don't think that um, anybody does that willingly. I think that that people feel forced into that. I don't feel people want to do that. I think what people really want to do is turn up and watch a team that's competitive in the Premier League every week, have a good drink before the game, have a good drink afterwards, enjoy the match. But it hasn't been that way for 12 months because of all the uncertainty off the pitch. And, you know, Saturday was a great example of it. There was so much anger after the game. And, uh, you know, they drew with Swansea. It's not a terrible result, but in the context of everything that's going on, it feels like it. I mean, that's the question. And what next to Rafa Benitez? Obviously, You'll be very disappointed, probably, the news that you no know, takeover is going to happen and doesn't look imminently. 
so what how did you get through the next few weeks obviously you'll be concentrating on the games coming up but also the transfer window but it's how do you think he's, how do you think the last 24 hours have been for, for Benitez well I think to be honest the, the wheels are already in motion for, for certain loan deals so I think really you'll push to get them deals done. I mean for example in the summer I think Rafa could see that things might weren't going to go the way he wanted it to go and for example the Christian Atsu transfer that became available for about 6.2 million and Rafa just went yep yeah, do it press the button on it because he knew that uh, numbers wise he probably wasn't going to get what he wanted so if he can get deals done he'll, he'll focus on the, the short term and getting the numbers in and uh, trying to get points he, he will be very football focused uh, on, on everything that's going on and questions will be asked uh, about the long term plan and I think that's maybe when we need to be more concerned about Rafa. Is he going to be here still in the summer? Is somebody going to come in and offer him a better job, uh, a more ambitious plan um, with more vision than Newcastle are offering right now? Because at the minute it's a bit... The haphazard sort of nature of the, the transfers at the club just means you can't progress because you can't plan. And uh, that, that's what will be frustrating Rafa because he is very... Um, you know he, he's obsessed with getting things right he's obsessed with you know the the food plan being right the training plan the travel plan everything it all revolves around football for him but you know he can't do the job with uh, without the the correct tools that's isn't that Rafa's ambition isn't necessarily matched well it isn't matched by Mike Ashley so it does all come down to the summer and and you know what happens at Newcastle still in the Premier League to be able to get the championship if you know he even gets the funds this January to, to bring in no players yeah I think that's that's the thing isn't it I think you know what what I've always felt what I've always felt with with Stavely with Stavely sorry with the loans with the situation with the transfers and the loans and things like that that um, you know Rafa wasn't asking for fortunes in the summer I think he was asking for, for business to be conducted in a certain way which was dynamic quick you know, bring in the players first, then you'll be able to sell other players, you'll be able to make money from selling so Carl Dardo or something like that. That's what he was more frustrated about. There wasn't the money there, I don't think, but um, he felt that, you know, he could, they needed to take a few risks in terms of putting money out for three or four players first. We've mentioned the names time and time again, um, but the club weren't prepared to do that. And that, that was instructions that came from the very top about whether you know whether to go for those players, and that was his frustration. He wasn't asking for millions and millions and millions and millions of pounds. The targets were quite modest, I thought. Really, you know, Tammy Abraham wasn't exactly you know the guys that we're talking about. Abraham Caballero, you know, some of the other players that he wanted, some of the other players that he was looking at. Lee did a great piece about the summer that how the summer would have looked if it had gone under Rafa, and I don't think there were any names in there that you'd say, oh, that's that's going to blow your socks off. It was solid, good additions, technical players. A lot of young players who would who would have come in. That's the problem for Rafa. Not that he's not getting money; it's that he's not getting backed. And he, you know, he's already, he put a deadline down on January the twentieth that he wanted stuff done. It's January the seventeenth. Seventeenth, yeah. Three days to go. He <laughs> wants stuff done quickly because he realizes that, that every point counts in the Premier League. And if they'd have had players, if they'd have had one or two in for Swansea. Yeah, that might have made a difference. They might have got two more points. If they had players in from Manchester City, it might make a difference to the way that he does things. He's got a week between now and the FA Cup, so I suppose that gives him a bit of time. 
but you know they're going to probably go out of the FA Cup you would think um, because he'll have to play a weakened team because he, he's got the Burnley game to come it's all little things like that and I think eventually he will get to the point where he thinks look my reputation's not too bad if I fight relegation again with Newcastle United next year or if I'm in the championship and I can't get them up because I'm not backed what does it do for my reputation long term um, he doesn't he's not going to go is he I don't think he's going to quit now he's man of integrity man of honour um, but it's the way that Newcastle have run it's not necessarily funds he does need money it's not necessarily funds it's why can't we go and do things time you know if you back me if you want me to be the manager back me you've got to back me because you know he didn't he didn't want Graham Carr in being the director of football he didn't want uh, a management structure that was you know that was going to dilute his authority he got his wish on that but he's not getting what he wants and that that is the problem with with Rafa Benitez sooner or later he's going to he's going to think well you know he might not get that anywhere else but he might get a bit more money or he might get you know or he might just think well you know I've got as far as I can with Newcastle United because you already see it people question people questioning Rafa which is understandable because some of the stuff that he's done hasn't been hasn't been brilliant um, in certain games and things but you see people questioning him going oh well he should be getting the best out of these players anyway he knows that as much as he's got the backing of the Newcastle United fans on there if they keep losing he it's him in the firing line it's not Mike Ashley it's, it, it is him effectively and to the rest of the world who might employ him in a future time it's him who's got the two relegations on his CV not Mike Ashley so that's the question for Rafa, isn't it? But he's a man of honour, a man of integrity. He'll stick with it. He'll do his rallying cry on, on Friday, I'm sure. And um, the fans will stick with him. And, and I think if anybody's going to keep Newcastle in the Premier League, it'll be, it'll be Rafa Benitez. And just to wrap it up then, Lee, what next for Newcastle United in the short term? Well, they got this massive game on Saturday night against Man City. And, you know, we were talked about the other day on the podcast. And we were, none of us were really optimistic, were we? Because it's the hardest game of the season so I think it's going to get worse before it gets better unfortunately and you just hope that it's not going to be a complete thrashing at Man City if it is it just adds to the gloom um, if they can get something out of it amazing but I just can't see it unfortunately and, and if they haven't got anyone through the door on January the 20th like Rafa said then uh, you know questions are quite rightly going to be asked by the supporters and for now, do you think that's that's it? With in terms of the club getting sold, or do you, are you hopeful of some more movement maybe in the next next few months or towards the end of the season? Well, it remains for sale, and I think whoever, you know, wants a football club that's got, uh, you know, is bubbling away with potential, got a great stadium, great fan base. It's there. It's there. But unless unless someone comes in with the money, which no one has so far, for some for some reason. Football clubs in the last 20 years have been sold and for some reason only Mike Ashley is the man who wanted to buy Newcastle United um, and unfortunately so far you know it, it hasn't been the, the greatest job that, it, that he's done. He will say that he's put money in and saved the club from going into administration um, with two relegations already, constant relegation battles. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a tough old decade. You share that sentiment, Mark? Yeah, I think um, I think I think we're look, probably looking now at a situation where it will calm down a little bit, um, and, and I think that the club will get sold eventually. I think it will it will somebody will come in. 
Um, the question is whether they go down, then does Mike Ashley take a, a, a hit on his investment? I doubt it. He'll probably put more money in to get them back up again. Um, I think is what will happen. And ironically, it might be another season where they win more games than they, than they lose. But we've seen with Sunderland, you know, it's not a straightforward thing if they go down. So there's a lot riding on the next five months. But um, the, the problem is what happened, has to happen at Newcastle is this uncertainty over everything, which has been dogging the club now for 12 months has to be put to bed by one by one means or another. So one way or another, somebody has to come in or somebody has to do something to sort of end this uncertainty because it's draining and damaging for the football club. Um, you know, look, Stavely's, Stavely's off the radar for the moment. If she's serious, then she'll come back in with a bigger bid, I think, and, and, and force Mike Ashley's hand. She's off it. Let's not, let's not talk about her too much. I've been pretty... I'm sure Lee's the same. You know, I know people have accused us on Twitter of stringing this out but actually we've been fed up of it for the last few months you know really have and we've not written stories on it that haven't been in response to other people say claiming or making claims or things like that so I'm quite glad in a way that at least there's some resolution um, it's not a resolution we wanted we wanted a new owner but I'm quite pleased that we can maybe move on to maybe talking about football um, after the January transfer window um, and hopefully that'll give us a bit more clarity because I think it has become corrosive it has become toxic. It's become difficult to concentrate on the football. Every single match has been followed by what's happening with the takeover. You know, I was asked about it in the in my village the other day. What's happening with the takeover? And you sort of think, well, you know, I can only tell you what I think is happening um, because there's been so many denials. So that has not been positive. Um, I think the club will get sold. There's a future beyond Mike Ashley. There's a future, unfortunately, probably beyond Rafa Benitez that we've got to comprehend. The club will be around for a long time. It's where we go from here that's really uncertain and I don't have the answers at the moment and um, you know I don't think Rafa has the answers I don't think Mike Ashley has the answers I don't think anybody has those answers but what I will say is there's a good team of good pros out there and I know a lot of people were saying to us last night cut ties with the club don't have anything to do with them anymore I don't think the, these players deserve that I don't think it's a situation like it was when John Carver was here where the players had given up they didn't care no these players don't deserve that they've worked really hard and if they go down I don't think you can blame the players. I don't think you can blame necessarily even the manager necessarily. So I don't think it's fair of us at the moment to go into full war setting, if you will, and go for the players and go for, and you know, go well, not go for the players, but go for the club as a whole. Because there's a lot of good people working at the football club, a lot of good people actually playing for Newcastle United at the moment who are trying their best. Difficult decisions for the fans to have. You know, we, we, we will reflect what the fans think, like Lee said. We'll always give them a platform. Um, and we'll always be on their side because they're more important than anybody else. Um, and that's all we can kind of say with certainty at the moment. So sorry for that. But, you know, there is, a, there is life after Mike Ashley. And I think it's sooner rather than later still. I still feel we're an end game for Mike Ashley. But we're not in the starting game for Amanda Stavely. Fantastic. Thank you very much. If you head over to chroniclelive.co.uk, keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe and share the podcast, whether that be through iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify or whichever platform you may be listening through. And if you want to get involved with the podcast, you can do so via our social media channels. We're over on Twitter at Chronicle NUFC and on Facebook at the same handle, Chronicle NUFC. We want your questions, your topics, your feedbacks. So why don't you drop us a line and get in touch? Hi, it's Finn Dwyer from the Irish History Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. 
please, please, please follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. While you're staying at home, I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard McLean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained on the Acast app or wherever you get podcasts.